Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I love it. When we know what's going on and everybody else is clueless, this whole Mar-a-Lago raid and the president under investigation for the 1,058th time, it is all nonsense. It is all a dishonest distraction, really a farce. And we've been played with far too many times. We're not going for it this time. No way. And I won't be feasting over every little nugget that the Justice Department leaks to the Washington Post We've played that game before, and it's their game. We can skip the whole thing and understand this. They're trying to distract us from Joe Biden, from inflation, Hunter Biden, all of that stuff, all of it. And there's so much of it. But right now, everyone's feasting on this. I will, from time to time, go there when President Trump files a brilliant motion in federal court. This thing is dynamite. We'll get to it in a moment. Um, But when it comes to the government... The FBI, Merrick Garland, remember one of my favorite cartoons, Roadrunner, remember? He was always going to blow him up, right? He was always on the verge of catching him, and it always blew up in his face, okay? That's very much like those forces opposed to Trump. They will never get him, and it always blows up in their face. I really feel that way. Um, And I do know this, that the American people... Too many times. You can't do it anymore, all right? And even when they were doing it with, I guess, greater credibility, like back in 2019, the impeachment hoax, impeachment hoax number one, I remember this so well. It was just before Christmas, and I went to a Christmas party on December 18th, the final arguments of impeachment just before the trial, and nobody was talking about it. Not one person at this party, hey, the impeachment, they didn't even know what I was talking about. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right. It's a silly game. Totally silly. We're on to it. But again, when they file a motion, when President Trump's lawyers file something, I think it's worth going there in detail. Number one, according to this motion, and it's really powerful, you can download it, you can find it. It's easy to read. President Trump, like all citizens, is protected by the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution. Property seized in violation of his constitutional rights must be returned forthwith. Law enforcement, next, is a shield that protects Americans. It cannot be used as a weapon for political purposes. Therefore, we seek judicial assistance in the aftermath of an unprecedented and unnecessary raid on President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. 
end on Mar-a-Lago from the first moment that the government informed uh, the Trump team through counsel that a search was underway, he demanded transparency. They asked the government the questions that any American citizen would ask under the circumstances, namely, why raid my home with a platoon of federal agents when I have voluntarily cooperated with your every request? What are you trying to hide from the public, given that you requested that I turn off all home security cameras and even refuse to allow my attorneys to observe what your agents were doing? Also, why have you refused to tell me what you took from my home? These are powerful questions. And on the warrant, the scant information the government has provided, a vaguely worded receipt for property and the warrant itself, raises significant Fourth Amendment questions about this unprecedented and unnecessary raid. And the leaks, you know, so many leaks. Government leaks to favored media outlets have provided ever-changing and inaccurate justifications for the politicized conduct of the FBI and the Department of Justice. Now, he talks about when he moved into Mar-a-Lago post-presidency. Um, that move, like home moves undertaken by most Americans, involved boxes. It was done during the day with the boxes in full view. Now, when it comes to Merrick Garland and that bizarre statement from uh, two weeks ago, the president talked to one of his top assistants. President Trump called him. And the item of discussion was a message from President Trump to Attorney General Merrick Garland. And this was the message. President Trump wants the attorney general to know that he has been hearing from people all over the country about the raid. If there was one word to describe their mood, it is angry. The heat is building up. The pressure is building up. Whatever I can do to take the heat down, to bring the pressure down, just let us know. Now, it's interesting because Merrick Garland got to the podium and he did absolutely nothing to lessen the pressure. He blew off everything the president said. The government made no response at all to President Trump's invitation to help reduce public consternation with the government after the raid. Um, Mr. Garland stirred the pot. And the Fourth Amendment, a great amendment, they write. Trump's lawyers, the extraordinarily unusual conduct of the DOJ raises fundamental Fourth Amendment concerns. And that Fourth Amendment, which is quoted uh, entirely, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall be issued but upon probable cause. And notice they're not very forthcoming with that affidavit. And as for the items the government seized, very vague, a couple of boxes, materials, a picture, but very specific in one instance, um, the seizure of an item labeled executive grant of clemency for Roger Jason Stone Jr. Now, the lawyers say, aside from demonstrating that this was an unlawful general search, it also suggests that DOJ simply wanted the camel's nose under the tent so they could rummage for either politically helpful documents or support other efforts to thwart President Trump from running again. How about that? Now, on the FBI, historically, courts tend to give significant deference to law enforcement representatives. But in light of recent FBI behavior, when President Trump is a part of its aim, Mueller, Russia, 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 anybody, this court could feel obliged to demand candor and transparency and not just trust us assertions 
from the DOJ. So in conclusion, the lawyers say, what are they looking for? They want a special master appointed, uh, essentially a neutral arbiter to go through these documents. Uh, also, they want a suspension of a review of the seized materials by the government until a special master is approved. Uh, they want the government to provide a more detailed receipt for property, and they want to require the government to return any item seized that was not within the scope of the search warrant. That's a pretty powerful document. I look forward to seeing what the government has to say, because I don't think there's much to say. You know, I do think that the evidence that exonerates President Trump is is pretty simple. Number one, the GSA and the National Archives, they helped pack the material and sent them down to Mar-a-Lago while President Trump was still president. Okay, this is January 18th. The moving, the moving uh, van. Yeah, like many Americans, they had movers do it, uh, boxes and that kind of thing. Also, uh, President Trump arrived at Palm Beach for the last time as president, well, for the first term, at 11 o'clock in the morning on January 20th. He was still president of the United States. Joe Biden took the oath of office at 11.47 a.m. That's interesting and I believe significant. So... All of this talk from the DOJ, Merrick Garland, the fake news, it's doing nothing to bring this country together. You'll remember Joe Biden, his solemn promise, his sacred duty was to bring this country together. He didn't mean it, and he couldn't do it if he even wanted to, I fear. You know who did? And it was remarkable. And it's not sufficiently appreciated by history. Gerald Ford. When he pardoned President Nixon, the situation isn't entirely analogous, but there's a lot that President Ford is saying here that President Biden, you know what? He should sit down and watch this speech if he had any, even a scintilla of sincerity when he said he would try to unify this country. The facts as I see them are that a former president of the United States instead of enjoying equal treatment with any other citizen accused of violating the law, would be cruelly and excessively penalized either in preserving the presumption of his innocence or in obtaining a speedy determination of his guilt in order to repay a legal debt to society. During this long period of delay and potential litigation, Ugly passions would again be aroused, and our people would again be polarized in their opinions. And the credibility of our free institutions of government would again be challenged at home and abroad. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all happening. And I make absolutely no assumptions. I don't believe President Trump did anything wrong, but it's all happening again. Loss of credibility for those institutions, uh, the passions, the polarization, it's all, it happened then, it's happening all over again. This is a good man, even a great man. As president, my primary concern must always be the greatest good of all the people of the United States, whose servant I am. As a man, my first consideration is to be true to my own convictions and my own conscience. My conscience tells me clearly and certainly 
that I cannot prolong the bad dreams that continue to reopen a chapter that is closed. My conscience tells me that only I, as president, have the constitutional power to firmly shut and seal this book. My conscience tells me it is my duty not merely to proclaim domestic tranquility, but to use every means that I have to ensure it. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that great? And now, it might even bring you to tears. I do believe with all my heart and mind and spirit that I, not as president, but as a humble servant of God, will receive justice without mercy if I fail to show mercy. And Gerald Ford, at that point, granted Richard Nixon a full and complete pardon. So I don't believe that President Trump needs a pardon, but uh, he, needs, he needs to be left alone, okay? What they're trying to do is corrupt. What a great man Gerald Ford was, really. The underrated president. And now I think about... Joe Biden, huh? <laughs> the very opposite. He made a solemn pledge to unify us. You compare what he said two weeks ago to what President Ford said. He's trying to scare children with ghost stories and rip this country apart. Speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized, and lives were lost. And for three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours, dripping in blood, surrounded by carnage. Mr. Unity, huh? A bad president and a bad man. When we come back, Dr. Fauci is calling it a career, or is he? We'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. The threats, attacks on anybody are wrong and illegal, and they shouldn't happen. But I think everybody is showing some selective outrage. Now, the FBI just launched a raid against one of the most popular figures in America, at least with half the country, and their reasoning, pathetic and or mysterious at best. We have a right to be upset, okay? And this is not a sacred institution. It's a bureaucracy and we're allowed to say so. But watch out for the mainstream media, Democrats. They're trying to portray our valid concerns as something dark. Republican attacks on the Department of Justice and the FBI intensify, prompting fears that rhetoric could turn to violence. These attacks against the most important federal 
law enforcement agency Less than in America. 24 hours after a peaceful search that they gave them a yeah. heads up on. Peaceful search. The former president and his allies are escalating their attacks on the FBI, claiming without any evidence that the investigation is politically motivated. These attacks on the FBI are just very sort of out there and outlandish. Every person out there attacking this is essentially attacking non-politicized and independent law enforcement. <laughs> all right. Give me a break. Give us all a break. OK, uh, after what we've been through, we've seen what they've done. We're allowed to criticize again. Violence is awful. But the FBI, they have guns. They have a great big fortress. You would be very, very stupid and wrong to try to take on the FBI with your hands, with weapons. That's not what anybody, any sane person is talking about. But this group, by the way, all of them. Not sharing much outrage. They didn't back when our justices were under attack day in and day out. Remember? I mean, this was righteous picking on Kavanaugh, Alito, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Thomas, the guy who was picked up with the weapons right in front of Kavanaugh's house. Wow. Where was the outrage then? So they save it for the FBI. Again, they're big boys over there. But even the Republicans are playing this game. The Republican Party is the party of law and order, and these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. We need to pull back on, on uh, casting judgment on them. No doubt that they've uh, higher-ups and the FBI has made mistakes. They do it. But we uh, cannot say that whenever they uh, went in and did that search that uh, uh, they were not doing their job as law enforcement officers. I'm not one of the individuals out there that says that you immediately attack the FBI or the Justice Department. I think this is very important that you provide them with the opportunity to lay out their case. You know, in a democracy, we're allowed to be critical of the authorities. That's the essence of a democracy. And again, the FBI, they're big boys and somebody would be really stupid to take them on. Um, but it happens in America, quite frankly. All kinds of people. If you make the news, if you are somewhat prominent, whatever, you might get a threat or they may say there's a bomb. Maybe they'll actually come at you with something. It happens. It happens to all kinds of institutions like amusement parks. We can do this for hours, by the way. We'll just do it for a moment here. Six Flags targeted. All right. Six Flags. Who could have a problem with that? Ben and Jerry's, the ice cream company. Yes, they get hassled. The New York Yankees. I know Boston may like that, but the New York Yankees. Uh, let's see. The Detroit Tigers always getting messed with. Walt Disney. All right. Again, this happens. I wish it didn't, but it does. Walmart. All right. These things happen every single day in America. The Super market, you name it, Publix. I wish it didn't happen, but it does. Universal Studios, this is at least one. There have been many, many, many. And the Apple Store, they get them all the time. We just picked one, Staten Island, New York, January 2010. Uh, also, me. Yes, Greg Kelly. I've gotten death threats over the years. It's not nice. They're illegal. That shouldn't happen. But it happens. It just happens. So the FBI, we don't want anything to happen to the FBI. And uh, we know that they're well protected. They've got guns, but they just did something very controversial. And people are allowed to speak out against it. OK, one more. Just a sense that everybody from time to time takes some heat. 
A Starbucks bomb threat. Police say a customer ordered nine drinks, then tried to rob the place with a note that said bomb. And an armed robbery involving a bomb threat that happened at the Kroger grocery store in Daleville. Evansville police say that a McDonald's was evacuated after someone reported a bomb in the restroom. Ugh, where's Mike Pence on the McDonald's situation, huh? They're all playing a game. They're all playing a game called Protect the Swamp. All right. Hey, you can't criticize the swamp. Oh, and here's a great example of that. Dr. Fauci, who was finally, finally, finally going to leave government service in December. At first, he said he was going to stick around till when Biden leaves. Maybe that's next year. Maybe it's in December. Who knows? Uh, Dr. Fauci wrong throughout this thing, COVID. Um, but at first he was wrong and a bit more candid, a bit more clear cut. It was easy to understand him. In fact, on my show, January of 2020, he said, don't worry about a thing. So uh, manageable numbers. Um, bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? Well, I, you know, obviously you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. Well, if we knew that they were about to close down the entire country in a couple of weeks, maybe we'd be a little bit worried. But Fauci said, don't be worried. He said a lot of things that were wrong. He actually made fun of and minimized masks. Like, why would you do that? You'd be ridiculous. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. I can always I couldn't get past that when Dr. Fauci said, don't wear a mask. It really stayed with me because I fiddle with my face a lot. And I did I give it to myself by anyway. After that, he just every time he spoke, he was as confusing as possible. So nobody could understand him and nobody could really hold his confusing words against him because nobody understood them. What's happened is that when that earlier recommendation was made, we were dealing predominantly with the alpha variant and the alpha variant, when you look at individuals who are vaccinated, that the level of virus in the nasopharynx of vaccinated people who might get a breakthrough infection, that the level of virus was really very low, indicating that it would be extremely unlikely that a vaccinated person who happened to get infected, and that happens because the vaccine is certainly not 100 percent effective, that that would be very unlikely that they would transmit. However, however, comma, however, but if you consider this, he was always, always all over the place to cover himself. And that's what bureaucrats do. All right. One more item here. Uh, Joe Biden has a summer house. This is, I guess, what, his third house, his fourth house. And um, 
he's getting a wall. He's getting a wall, a fence around that house. And we are paying for it. Yes, we are. Uh, let's see here. Biden to build a security fence around the Delaware Beach House will cost nearly $500,000 to be paid by uh, us, DHS. And DHS approved it. Kind of interesting because he said to everybody uh, during the campaign, at least, that uh, he wasn't uh, he didn't believe in walls. Trump campaigned on um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down? No, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. (laughs) There was, by the way, he had to. It's a court matter. Uh, How about that, huh? This is why we don't like politicians. Hey, stay with us. We do like Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. She is spectacular. And a horrible comedian named Chelsea Handler has been giving her a hard time. But there's no stopping Lauren Boebert. More when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All, all I can, I can say, say is, is that, that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And here's proof. So Liz Cheney loses big time last week, last Tuesday, all right? clobbered by Harriet Hageman, lost by 38 points. Wow. Uh, That should mean politically she's dead and buried. Politically. Oh, no, 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 no. Look at this resuscitation job they're doing on the fake news. This is that big Sunday show over there on ABC. So excited to have Liz Cheney, the loser on. This morning, we go one-on-one. Congresswoman Liz Cheney of This Week Exclusive. Coming up, more of my exclusive interview with Liz Cheney. We'll have more of my exclusive interview with Liz Cheney later in the program. And later, more of my exclusive interview with Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Plus, more of my exclusive interview with Liz Cheney up next. Does this help? Do people actually stick around and wait through all the commercial breaks to see more of Liz Cheney? We've all seen quite enough of Liz Cheney. Anyway, the interview was like any Liz Cheney interview you've ever seen. Oh, Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Oh, we got to stop him. Uh, I may or may not run. It's just the same stuff. Okay, the same stuff. But after that, they had a panel of fake news people talk about the interview with Liz Cheney for 20 minutes. Uh, crazy stuff. But this, this, is re- this is the threat to democracy. Liz Cheney and her hissy fit. And her threat that something she's willing to do whatever it takes to stop Trump from even getting near the Oval Office. That means stopping him before he gets to Election Day. How far is she willing to go when she says this? I have said since January 6th that I will do whatever it takes to ensure Donald Trump is never again anywhere near the Oval Office. And I mean it. And she means it. Well, what does that actually mean? Whatever it takes. That's arguably a threat to democracy, okay? Yeah, she lost by 38 points. She's going to deprive us. She's going to deprive me of somebody I may want to vote for, you may want to vote for. Uh, 
that's undermining democracy. And I think it's actually a little bit creepy. All right. On to uh, my favorite congresswoman, one of them, and my least favorite comedian, Congresswoman Boebert and comedian Chelsea Handler. Uh, Chelsea Handler is not a smart person. She's a darling of the left because she says horrible things like this. Back to women I despise. Congress monster Lauren Boebert of Colorado won her primary last night. I believe Boebert is one of the biggest MAGA morons ever elected to public office, and it's because of comments like this. The church is supposed to direct the government. The government is not supposed to direct the church. That is not how our founding fathers intended it. And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk that's not in the Constitution. It was in a stinking letter, and it means nothing like what they say it does. Okay, well, let's think about that, you dumb skeptical about getting constitutional law advice from a human tramp stamp. (laughs) They frequently tend to skip right to the Second Amendment. And if you bother to read the First Amendment, the very first words are, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. So it seems pretty clear that the government wants nothing to do with religion. So this happened some time ago, but it's making the rounds again on social media. For whatever reason, it's gone viral over again, all over again. Uh, Lauren Boebert is right, of course. And the letter she's referring to is the Thomas Jefferson letter to the Danbury Baptist Association. This is a kind of a major document, and a lot of folks do believe it has been misinterpreted and taken out of context. Uh, but overall, she is correct. Uh, Our founding fathers did talk about religion and its importance in American life. From Alexander Hamilton, our founding fathers, he wrote how without the finger of God, there could never be a country. James Madison as well. Ben Franklin, uh, George Washington, they all wrote extensively how there could not be an America without the presence of God. And we see it all around us in, well, the signage of the federal government, the documents of the federal government, the traditions of the government. Take our money, okay? In God we trust, anyone? How about the national anthem? Uh, the, uh, the, the latter stanzas have, uh, in God is our trust also. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land, and also praise the power that hath made and preserved us, As a nation, these are references to God, and so is the Pledge of Allegiance in uh, one nation under God, right? The Declaration of Independence, three major references to God the Almighty. All right, which brings us back to uh, Lauren Boebert and Chelsea Handler. So, uh, Lauren Boebert, Republican, conservative, MAGA, she's a gun owner. She's a married mother of, I think, five children. She is self-educated, incredibly intelligent, and a fantastic speaker. Chelsea Handler, well, she brags about how many abortions she's had. She actually brags about it. Uh, She's horribly vulgar. And she talks about drug and alcohol abuse in a way that I think could be triggering to alcoholics and drug addicts. Who do you think the mainstream media likes better? Let's start with Chelsea. Chelsea Handler is very witty and has uh, great insights into pop culture. The very funny Chelsea Handler is stopping by. Chelsea Handler is the woman I want in this job. The great Chelsea Handler, a comedian who's getting serious, she says, about certain political issues of privilege. (laughs) Really? Uh, 
and Lauren Boebert? The one who's got a criminal record is Lauren Boebert for a series of, like, petty crimes. Lauren Boebert likes to go from outrage to outrage and offense to offense because it's, a, it's clickbait. Yeah. And she fundraises out of it. In any other context, Lauren Boebert would just be, like, a bad open mic comedian. Lauren Boebert is in the wrong here, and so are Republicans who are sticking up for her. Lauren Boebert was right on her history, and I think she's right all along. Um, so we have two women, right? Both opinionated, both uh, strong-willed. One decided to run for office and actually make a change. The other one just just complains and just says horrible, horrible things. Society may reject her, but we don't. Lauren Boebert, all the way. All right, stay with us. We will be right back. actions that day was to save you guys, regardless of my personal safety. And I still continue to, to wanting to do that today, tomorrow, and as long as I'm permitted to do it. And if it is, if it is demanded of myself to do that in the future. That's um, Aquino Ganell. Um, he's a hero. Just ask him. I had my doubts about this guy big time uh, during the testimony, and uh, they were well-founded. So there's a man named Kyle Fitzsimmons. Uh, on January 6th, well, he was there, and he's in trouble. He's charged with uh, a whole bunch of stuff here, unlawfully entering a restricted building, assaulting a federal officer, civil disorder. Um, and a key witness against him is Sergeant Gunnell. But turns out, According to our next guest, uh, they think that Gunnell, they caught him lying during court. I'd like to bring in Kara Castronova. She is the co-founder of Citizens Against Political Persecution, a Newsmax contributor. And she was in the courtroom uh, last week uh, during um, this uh, trial and Gunnell's testimony. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. Thank you, Greg, for having me on. You bet. So uh, what happened in court? So I was there and I witnessed what most Americans never got to witness, which is an actual January 6th hearing where there's two sides and where there's cross-examination. And what I witnessed was the defense attorney. Uh, she was actually a public defender and a Democrat, so that made it even more shocking. Cross-examine Sergeant Gunnell and literally prove that he committed perjury on many different occasions. So um, one of the charges against Fitzsimmons that you mentioned is assaulting a police officer. Sergeant Gunnell is retired from the police because he says that Fitzsimmons injured his arm and he can no longer work for the police. It turns out that the video that was shown in court by this public defender, Natasha Taylor Smith, showed that Fitzsimmons actually never touched Gunnell's shield like, like Gunnell's story says. He swore under oath that Gunnell, I mean, that Fitzsimmons touched his shield, which pulled his shoulder and made it impossible for him to work again as a Capitol Police officer. And uh, she played video. She still framed it. She played it in slow motion. And Gunnell his shield was never touched by Fitzsimmons. So according to the defense attorney, the uh, government did not meet its burden of proof when it came to, comes to convicting this man of assaulting Sergeant Gunnell. So the shield, that's a key point here. Uh, Gunnell initially accused this guy of ripping it from him and causing injury to the shoulder. Right. And the video does not show that. What did Gunnell do? You saw him on the stand. How did he react when confronted with the video evidence that seemed to undermine his story? 
Right. He was very nasty to the woman, very disrespectful, told her to get her story straight. Whenever she asked him a yes or no question, like, Sergeant Gannell, do you see his hand on your shield? Yes or no? He would resort to his media talking points that he's trained to just spit out from being a witness on the quote-unquote January 6th committee of how he's a hero, how he was there to protect the president, the vice president, uh, the, the, the people who were in power, the senators. And he went into this whole soliloquy. She kept asking the judge, can you please ask the witness to just answer the question, is his hand on the shield or not? He wouldn't admit that it wasn't on the shield, but he finally started to change his story and say, well, he pulled my shoulder strap then. It was my shoulder strap that he pulled. Uh, he didn't. Maybe he didn't touch my shield. So his testimony just kept changing. And not only did she prove that he lied about that, she's also contested the fact, uh, his story, that he saved another fellow officer. So by yeah. showing other videos, she proved that more than likely he didn't do that either. It's so interesting. And it's interesting the way you put it. You're right. We have not seen hearings where there was cross-examination or the other side uh, got to present its story. Only you have seen that, those who have attended these uh, these trials. And actually, there haven't been that many of them because of the pressure to for a plea agreement. Now, you saw him outside of court, and there was a bit of an, ex of an exchange. I want to play that, please. Mr. Goodell just perjured himself all over the stand in there, guys. He's getting ate alive by the public defender. He's got an IQ of probably 80. Yeah, he's not that smart, so his lawyer has to tell him which lies to say on the stand. Every time he tells a lie, he gets a hard question, he has to look at that piece of trash lawyer to get the question. He lied about that on court today. Wow. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. your voice. That was somebody else. And I remember that lawyer who was sitting behind him. I think he's been involved in all kinds of left wing causes. So, um, by the way, the defense attorney who is a public defender. So she's kind of there. She is Natasha Taylor Smith, I believe her name is. Uh, she's doing a good job for her defendant, which, of course, is the way the system is supposed to work. And the most incredible thing is that she's a Democrat, a Biden supporter, but she kept nailing in that these people had a right to be there on January 6th. Sergeant Gunnell, um, basically, how dare you say that these people were all a part of a coup attempt? That was a big part of her uh, her opening statement, her closing statement, that we, the First Amendment is the most important part of democracy, uh, right to address the government for grievances. And the fact that Sergeant Gunnell has made many statements that everybody there was part of a coup attempt and should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law was something that she kept drilling in. And he denied saying that. And then she had to refresh his memory by replaying something that he said, which she did quite often. She kept saying, let me refresh your memory. And she would play something that he said in the news, made him look yeah. really foolish. Kara, we have to go. But you know what? Um, number one, I never thought I'd be in such praise of a public defender from Washington, D.C., Natasha Taylor Smith. We probably have nothing in common except maybe a love of the Constitution. And I'm very impressed. And I'm very impressed by you. I continue to be. Kara, Kara Castronova, you've been so active in all this, co-founder of Citizens Against Public Persecution, uh, follower at Kara Castronova on Twitter and um, at caracastronova.com for more information. Many, many thanks. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back.
So, Gender Queer, have you heard about this crazy book? It's designed for teens, and it should not be in the hands of teenagers. It's, uh, well, it's very graphic, and it's all about gay sex and transgender issues. And there's a push, an appropriate push, to get this book out of schools. Uh, but that push, well, some people want other books out of schools, and they are at times winning. One book they want out of schools is the Bible. Yes, the Holy Bible. And take a look at why they want the Bible out. Uh, according to one report, they say it contains sexual content, violence, including rape, murder, human sacrifice, misogyny, homophobia, discrimination, and other inappropriate content. Uh, I knew it would get to this crazy place. We're joined now by State Representative Matt Krause, a Republican of Texas. This has at times been an insane uh, debate, but this man, a voice for sanity and reason, sir. Um, look. There is this controversy district to district. They're they're working it out. Can you tell us, though, what's going down in the Keller School District, one I believe you're focused on? That's right. Uh, back in May, they had some school board elections and the conservatives actually won those elections. And there during the entire time of the election, they said, hey, these school books, these inappropriate materials are getting out of hand. We're going to make sure we take a stand and, and put in new policies, new review guidelines when we take office. They won in May. Uh, we have a new school board president, Dr. Charles Rancleve, who is a conservative champion. And so they put in that new school board policy. Some uh, parents, I think, just to kind of antagonize those of us who don't want some of those sexually uh, inappropriate materials to be in the schools, challenged the Bible and said there's uh, adult material in there. And so based on these new guidelines, they're reviewing that. But I have no doubts that that book will be returned to the bookshelves in Keller ISD pretty soon. But it's actually it has been removed. I heard varying reports. It was back. It's it is gone. Correct. Uh, temporarily. That's right. Any book that had been challenged, they took off the shelves while they were doing the review process. So I believe you're a practicing Christian. I am. But and I need let's put up the description. One parent came forward and said all these things about the Bible now, it's grossly out of context, if we can put that, that those words, you know, about misogyny and slavery and and all these things. Um, now, those things do appear in the Bible. Um, but of course, you know, in the greatest books ever, and this is the greatest book ever, it's supposed to be. Well, sir, if you can put it into words, how would you defend that book uh, to doubting parents? Yeah, I, I would say the Bible is the greatest book ever written with the greatest story ever told. And that is the redemption of man from his sin with the uh, death, burial and resurrection uh, of God's own son, Jesus Christ, when he came to earth. And so anybody who's trying to compare the Bible with a book like Ginger Queer or Lawn Boy shows, shows themselves not to be serious and seriously engaged in this debate. Yes, there's some material in the Old Testament that we would say is, uh, is, is adult material. Absolutely. It's a history historical recount of some of the things that went on thousands of years ago. But if you look in the New Testament, any of those things that you're talking about as uh, inappropriate material, you'll not find any misogyny. You'll not find any of that in there. And so, again, the Bible is the greatest book ever written with the greatest story ever told. Well, I agree. And um, it is, uh, you know, not every book in the library. Obviously, we don't want pornography in there, but not every but every book is supposed to be Sesame Street either, <laughs> or right, cartoons right. or Elmo. I mean, uh, life is uh, life is tough, and there are a lot of things out there, and we don't want to shield students from everything. I don't believe. 
That, that's exactly right, Greg. And, no, and what I view as appropriate for my five children may be different from what other parents view as that. So that's not what we're saying. We're not saying you can't have any differences of opinion. What we are saying is there are some books so egregious, so over the line, so inappropriate that they do not belong in our elementary schools or middle schools or high schools here in Texas public schools. And so I think that's a line we can all agree to. Once I show uh, people some passages or images from books like Gender Queer, I've not had one person say, oh, you know what? That still belongs in the, uh, on our bookshelves. Everybody agrees to that. Those are the kind of books that we're looking at to get rid of out of our school libraries. It is horrendous stuff. It is stuff that should be in the hands of adults only, 18 and up. And, uh, well, Representative uh, Matt Krause, we appreciate it so much. Republica, Republican of Texas, to be continued, sir, please come back. Yes, sir. Thank you, Greg. Thank God you. bless you. you. You as well. We'll be right back. Fake news is a real problem. That's why millions turn to Newsmax. Newsmax. You like Newsmax. I like it, too. Real news for real people. Honest analysis. Real reporting on the issues that matter most. No bias, no BS. Don't fall for the fake news. Get the facts. Newsmax. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night.